From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out, so listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip you and your team to strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. On the show today, we're going to be talking all about sleep. We're going to be looking at a few key factors that impact our sleep, and I'm going to give 16 strategies to improve your sleep. I'm also offering a free sleep diary download. This is a great resource to use for both yourself or with those who you're supporting. And you can download the sleep diary at hopemadestrong.org slash episode 12. 50 to 70 million North Americans struggle with sleep. Exhaustion is impacting our lives on such an intense level that way back in 2012, 59 million sleeping pills were prescribed in the U.S. alone. And this doesn't even include the -the over-the-counter medications, which I assume is used at a much higher rate. Millions of people are desperate for a good night's sleep. Our sleep is often the first thing to be impacted when we're not well, and this could be because of physical issues or emotional overwhelm, mental turmoil, stress, or burnout. Trouble with sleep is often the red flag indicating that something is out of alignment. In my work consulting with churches in building care ministries, we start with assessing the well-being of the leadership team. Results have consistently come back, indicating that ministry leaders are struggling with sleep and feel tired much of the time, regardless of how much sleep they're getting. So if you are one of those leaders, you are not alone, my friend, and I want to identify some common sleep issues and offer offer 16 strategies that will help you get a better sleep. But before we jump into all of that, I want to differentiate between feeling tired and feeling depleted, because while they might feel similar, they're really quite different. When I'm tired, I'm groggy, I have difficulty focusing, problem solving, and I process information much, much slower. I'm lethargic, feel lazy, and have low motivation. Where well, I'm depleted or where when I'm depleted, I'm agitated, grumpy, restless, and overwhelmed. I have difficulty with compassion and have little patience. I can become very task-oriented and a poor communicator. I expect people to read my mind. (laughs) You may respond differently, but I think you can identify the difference between when you feel tired versus feeling depleted. Feeling tired, I'm not as productive, but I'm still a nice person. However, when I'm depleted, I can become very direct and frankly, not someone I would want to be around. Even though we use the same words like exhausted to describe both experiences, they're really quite different. And knowing the difference is important because what may cause someone to be tired versus depleted are different. And even though the physical outcomes may feel similar. Some common medical causes of feeling tired and having sleep issues are iron deficiency, anemia, uh, sleep apnea, an underactive thyroid, celiac disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, diabetes, depression, anxiety, and restless leg syndrome. While this is not meant to cause fear or offer a diagnosis, let me share with you my personal experience to explain why I think it's important to recognize the biological causes of sleeplessness. 
For years, I struggled with fatigue, feeling like I was never able to get enough sleep. I spoke to my family doctor, a few specialists, and they all provided the same explanation, that I was stressed and juggling many life demands. And this made sense. I had a career and a young family. For years, I soldiered on, thinking that I was not keeping up or trying hard enough, and I was always in awe at how others were able to keep up with life. I finally was given a requisition for blood work to rule out celiac disease, a rare autoimmune disorder, and it came back positive. The treatment was simple and easy to do, and after only a few short weeks, for the first time in my life, I felt like I had energy. I was shocked and I felt incredibly validated. There was actually something biological going on in my body to cause me to feel that way. Now I say all this because I want you to understand the importance of speaking to a medical professional about what you're experiencing. Because stress is the most common reason of sleeplessness, medical issues can easily be overlooked or we ourselves minimize our struggle or chalk it up to to us not managing well. So if you are struggling with persistent fatigue or sleep issues, please speak to a medical professional about your specific health needs. This was absolutely life-changing for me. So I listed some common biological reasons why someone might feel tired. And while chronic fatigue can exasperate feeling depleted, there are other causes of exhaustion that result in this depletion feeling. Let me share another story. You come home after a long day, supporting and serving people. You're faced with more problems. Family, neighbors, and friends, the needs just never stop. You feel like everyone is looking to you for support. Patience for your family and friends dwindle, and you end up diving deeper into your work. The problem is, is that no matter how hard you strive or how much you sacrifice, work becomes more demanding, and you almost become jaded. The fuse on your temper becomes shorter. Work life begins to blend into your home life and the problems and needs continue. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. The weekly grind is wearing you down. You seek out supports and people give you well-intentioned advice that you should work out, eat better, or develop boundaries, maybe take a vacation day. But the time and energy just isn't there. There's always something more urgent to attend to. The exhaustion becomes overwhelming. The weight that you're carrying is getting more and more heavy. Life looks very different than it once did. Strained marriage, kids longing for your attention, and there is no joy to be found in your life. Now, some of you who are listening right now can relate to this story, or perhaps you are struggling, you know someone who's struggling with this right now. But this was my story. After about a decade of working as a counselor, I found myself broken, depleted, exhausted, feeling hopeless. The work of supporting others changed me, and I didn't like who I was becoming. Why do I bring this up in a podcast about sleep? Because so many times we shrug away the impact of serving and supporting others, that we don't see the significant impact that it has on our stress, our relationships, our health, and our sleep. When you lie in bed unable to sleep, what do you think about? Work? Family? Disappointing someone? Do you feel like you're drowning? More often or not, these are the things that prevent us from sleeping. The constant demand on our time and energy, being pulled in all directions like a stretch Armstrong, this is what's keeping our minds awake and racing at night and we, when we desperately need that sleep. Serving others has an impact on us. We feel its weight after each time we support someone. There's a cost for caring. 
But what do you do when you feel that burden? Do you push it down and carry on? Justify it as just part of the job? Or maybe you personalize it as a weakness or as a failure. At some point, the costs build up and begin to spread into our personal lives and negatively impact our family and our health. The pressure builds and we are soon lying in bed, awake, thinking, and feeling trapped. For those serving in care ministry, you are susceptible to compassion fatigue. This is the weariness that comes from supporting others who are suffering. There's nothing to be ashamed of or to feel guilty about when you find yourself in these higher levels of fatigue. That generally means that you are a deeply caring individual and you are passionate to serve others. But this doesn't mean we are to live a life exhausted. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first step in this scripture is recognizing if you are weary and burdened. The second is to rest. And the third is to take on the perspective and the, and the yoke of Christ and learn from him. But it all results in rest and peace described as easy and light. The research aligns with this scripture and tells us that compassion fatigue is due to carers not recognizing when they are weary and having opportunities to refuel. Now, I don't say this to shame you or for not practicing self-care or seeking the Lord. Taking time for yourself is really, really hard when you have a servant's heart and everyone is looking to you for help. Self-care is much harder to do than helping others. But when you feel depleted and your sleep is impacted and the red flags are waving, telling you that things are out of alignment, I encourage you to reflect back on the seven keys of resilience and put some of them into practice. Back in episode six, we outlined the seven keys and how these simple habits can refuel and restore you. The seven things are number one, avoid isolation and stay connected. Two, have regular rhythms of rest. Three, have fun. Do activities that bring you joy. Number four, practice meditation, slowing your thoughts and tuning into Christ. Five, have self-awareness and understand your strengths and your weaknesses. Six, practice boundaries. And seven, practicing self-care. If you are finding yourself depleted, I encourage you to check out episode six and see how you can begin resting and refueling by practicing these seven skills. And now I can appreciate that when you're exhausted, regardless if it's from a biological issue or from depletion from compassion fatigue and burnout, it is hard to be given more suggestions of things that you are to do. That just sounds exhausting. So I want to offer 16 tips that you can start implementing right away to begin to see your sleep improve. And as you improve your sleep, you can start implementing those keys to resilience. You can find a downloadable printout of all 16 tips in the show notes, along with a sleep diary that allows you to keep track of your sleep, which helps you find patterns of sleep issues. And the diary gives you healthy sleep habit reminders. So here we go. Here are 16 tips and strategies to help you improve your sleep. The first one is to set an alarm to go to bed. Set an alarm on your phone 30 minutes before you need to go to sleep. This will signal you to begin shutting down and start heading to bed. Two, establish routine activities. Reading, having a bath, meditation, prayer, listening to gentle music are all really great options. 
By doing that activity every night before bed, it is a signal to your body that it's time to go to sleep. You can use the parental controls to signal to shut off your screens. This is a great external reminder to unplug. And instead of using it just for kids, use it for yourself. Use those parental controls on electronic devices to disable apps at a certain time as an additional reminder to turn off the devices and break the habit of lying in bed watching the screen. Oh, that one speaks to me. <laughs> Lower the lights in the evening. Our bodies, they're designed to have a sleep and wake, wake cycle that follows the sun. So lower the lights in the evening to maintain your body's natural rhythm. The fifth one is completing the morning tasks before going to bed. Taking time out to prepare for the next day may prevent you from lying awake thinking about the morning's to-do list. So in the evening, pick out your clothes and make your lunch before going to bed. Number six is along the same lines. It's having a notebook beside your bed. Sometimes when we're laying in bed, we're often thinking about all the things that we need to do. So get up, write down your thoughts. Once you release the thoughts from your mind, it can become much easier to let them go and fall asleep. Seven is exercise during the day. Reports tell us that exercise at any point in the day shows to improve sleep. So consider walking meetings or ride the stationary bike while watching TV or even play basketball with your kids after dinner. Movement anytime helps you sleep. Six is decrease that caffeine and after 2 p.m. try to cut it right out. I know this is going to be a hard one for many. Caffeine is actually a stimulant that impacts your body's ability to rest. And this impacts us regardless if you feel the effects of caffeine or not. Number nine is limit naps. Naps longer than 20 minutes can leave people feeling groggy or sluggish and naps later on in the day can interfere with bedtime. So set an alarm if you and keep naps short and schedule them earlier in the day. Number 10 is meditation. Regular practice of meditation decreases the body's response to stress. And although it's traditionally a dedicated time set apart to focus, that doesn't mean it needs to be a long time. Meditation is simply training your mind to focus and redirect your thoughts towards God. Number 11 is go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. Having a consistent schedule will help your body get into a sleep-wake schedule. This routine will make falling asleep much faster and easier. Number 12, now this is one of my favorites, it's progressive relaxation. Progressive relaxation is when you systematically tense and release muscle groups to promote relaxation of the body and the mind. And by the end of this exercise, your body should be much more relaxed and the racing thoughts much more calm and focused. I really encourage you using this one. This is one of the top in my list and I use this quite a bit. So Google or look up further progressive relaxation if you want to give it a try. And number 13 are breathing exercises. Now, a simple breathing exercise starts with getting in a comfortable position and then focusing on taking deep, full breaths through the nose, expanding your diaphragm. Hold this breath for three to five seconds and then slowly release this breath through the mouth. And the key is to work towards controlling the exhale so it takes twice as long as the inhale. Number 14 is daily mental gratitude. 
While you're laying in bed, reflect on the day and find ways to be grateful. It helps calm the mind and refocus thoughts on positives rather than worrying and thinking about the future. And number 15 is talking with your spouse. Talking with your spouse about changing your sleep habits and making a plan together will create some accountability and some support. It's really hard going to bed when your spouse is up watching TV, munching on delicious chips. (laughs) And number 16, finally, is playing soothing music or noise. It's really common to enjoy the sound of a fan, white noise, the ocean, or being lulled to sleep with instrumental music. But try, if you can, to find your phone or a system that shuts off automatically because you don't want it to wake you in the night. Sleep struggles are super, super common, but I want you to imagine what your life would look like fully rested. It's kind of hard to even believe that's possible, but God created us to need rest and he designed our bodies to sleep. This is a good gift from him and it's worth investing the time of implementing a few of these tips. Perhaps it's going to sleep at the same time each night, shutting off screens and practicing progressive relaxation. If you have persistent fatigue, consider seeking out medical support. And just as it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, if you identify that you are weary, find rest and look to Christ for direction to tend to your soul. Living a life rested and at peace is God's plan. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to put what you've heard into action. How are you going to be intentional about building a culture of care both for yourself and for others in your church? And don't forget to grab that free download at hopemadestrong.org slash episode 12. If you've been enjoying the podcast, feel free to write a review and follow to be reminded when an episode goes live. Thanks for connecting. Take care.